It's news from heaven. How to ruin your ability to let God run your life. Don't watch this. What are you doing? You don't want it? All right. You're, you're the one who's continuing in here. You don't want to do what we're teaching you how to do here. But I can't stop you. If you're going to do it, I wish you the best. And in this episode, we're also going to get this killer explanation of the unity of the Ten Commandments. What? <laughs> Does that not sound cool? Do I look like I care what's cool? This is a power-packed episode that I am just excited to get into because, for a lot of reasons, but the main one is God running our life might sound invasive and might sound boring and churchy, but it's actually the best freaking thing that exists. And the reason that I think that is We've got this issue, which is, hey, you're running your life right now. I'm running my life pretty much, or that's how it seems and feels. How's it going? Bad. You know why? Every day I have stuff that I don't want to have. I have thoughts and feelings that are trying to attack me and worry me. I have annoyances at my neighbor. I have doubts. I have obstacles. I have confusion. I All this stuff, right? And it interferes with my ability to have a good output out into the world, which is going to make the world better for everybody. But if the world is not functioning well, it feeds back in and causes problems and, you know, everything like that. God is order. God is order. You ever look at those life hack, how to organize your time, time management, the things to do in the morning, habits of highly effective. God is order. God can not only get you on the right schedule, but can get in there and knows why is this thing troubling you? And what what is it composed of? Why does it attach you? Where is it to you? Where is it coming from? And how can we get in there and remove it and replace it with something that comforts you and uplifts you and cleanses you and makes you available to your people that you love and everybody? It's, of course, I don't need to sit here and tell you it's good for divine love and wisdom, for supreme intelligence and care for you individually to get in there versus us just kind of feeling around in the dark. So I guess we want to know how to ruin that so that we don't ruin it because we might be ruining it right now. Probably are. Knowing us. No offense. There's a Secrets of Heaven 8867, the unpublished NCE. You are getting this translation before it's available in bookstores or free download stores in our case. And that's because you're a fan of News from Heaven, and you get these perks, man, these massive perks. We're talking about the Ten Commandments. I told you. You shall not have other gods before my face. So this is the beginning of the Ten Commandments. Means that one is not to think about truth that comes from anywhere but the Lord. Okay, I know that's a comma, but let's periodize it for a second. What are you talking about? You shall not have other gods before my face. That's how it starts. And doesn't that seem like a little jealous and a little maniacal? Don't, that God's a little bit insecure. What's it, what's God, why would God say that? Don't, don't have other gods. What's the, what are other gods? What are we talking about? Means that one is not to think about truth that comes from anywhere but the Lord. Think about truth that comes from anywhere but the Lord. So you can have, not just, I get, you're not supposed to think about falsity, but not think about truth that comes from anywhere but the Lord. As the following shows, God, gods symbolize truth. Oh, and in a negative sense, falsity as discussed. So don't have other gods before my faces. Don't have other truths before my face. 
And in a face, when ascribed to God, symbolizes love, mercy, peace, and goodness, as discussed in these numbers. Why is it symbolized? Why is God's face symbolize that? So it symbolizes the Lord or God Himself, since He is the source of those qualities. By the way, you might think I wouldn't want God to run my life. Remember when you're protesting at the beginning? You may not be a fan of God. You may think that you have some issues with the concept of God. How do you like love? I'm talking about real love. Maybe you've felt it for people, people in your life. Maybe you've felt it for a cause. Maybe people have expressed it to you. Love is a pretty charismatic thing. How about mercy? Understanding what it is to reach out to somebody who's in need. That is what mercy is, and and to be on the receiving end of that. How about peace? Do you like peace, or are you like, "Mm, I don't really need this peace thing? Goodness, how would you like those things running your life? Oh, right now, I'm having resentment and anger and revenge and worry and confusion run my life. Doesn't sound too bad to have those things instead. If you like any of those things, don't you want to look at the label and say, where where are these things manufactured in? The Lord is the source of those qualities. You can't get those anywhere but from the Lord. The Lord is the source of those qualities. Of course, you'd want the source of those qualities to have a seat at the table. Another reason the words, there shall not be other gods before my face, means that no one is to think about truth that comes from anywhere but the Lord. Still, we got to unpack, what is it, truth that comes from anywhere but the Lord? What does that mean? Isn't there just one thing that's true? What are you talking about? The Lord's divine humanity, symbolized by I am Jehovah, your God, is mentioned first. So it occupies first place in the pattern and must reign supreme in every truth that follows. The Ten Commandments are written like a little bit like computer code, as I understand it. And you're about to see the limits of my understanding of computer code. But let me tell you a story. Way, 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 way back, before that asteroid came that killed all the dinosaurs, back hundreds of millions of years ago, there was a programming language called Quick Basic. And when I was maybe 10 or 11, I don't know, in, in the 90s, I had a little Windows gate, Gateway 2000 computer that had, I think, like a megabyte of, well, I don't even know what it is, hard drive. The whole thing was a megabyte. And I taught myself to program just a little bit of Quick Basic. And, for example, you can put a command, and there's probably whatever people are using to program today. is not unrecognizable to this. So let's say you want to put a command. I'll tell you about a do loop. Do you want to know about do loop? No? Okay. Do. And then you say, you know, one plus one, move thing here, um, delete something. You put some commands in here, and then you hit loop. You write loop down here. And so everything that's under do happens. And when the computer sees now it's time for loop, oh, I go back up to do and repeat everything that's within this. And you usually have some kind of thing that gets you out of, like go to down here, if you meet a certain condition, so it doesn't keep doing that forever. Here he's saying, the reason, because it has, I am the Lord your God. Okay, we'll just, oh man, oof, oof. 
I am the Lord your God's at the top. So all these things that follow have this in the first place. This is like, it's like, is it CSS? Isn't that how the internet is programmed? Somebody help me. Somebody back me up on this. Because it's mentioned first, it's in all the qualities that follow. As a result, the commandments now given delineate actions that are to be avoided because they destroy and remove the ability for the Lord to reign supreme throughout the truths contained in the commandments and statutes decreed and ordered from Mount Sinai. (laughs) What? These commandments aren't just unrelated pieces of life advice. I'm the Lord your God. I've got to get things going. I'm the one who's going to be able to figure out these problems. And the stuff I'm about to tell you is related to that because all this stuff that I'm about to list is what you, if you do this, I can't help you. If you do this stuff, I can't help you. And specifically, I can't reign supreme throughout these truths. So this has got to be somewhere, something to do with thinking of truth that comes from anywhere but the Lord. Wow. Okay, let's get into, if you want a handy dandy, how to ruin the ability for God to reign in your life. The first way to ruin that ability would be to think about truth that came from some other source than the Lord. As symbolized by the statement that there should not be other gods before the Lord's face. Okay, what, I'm still a little bit unclear. What are you talking about? What's, what do you mean truth that came from some other source than the Lord? The other actions that would undermine the Lord's supreme reign are contained in the declarations that follow in order, that the people were not to make themselves a carved image, that they were to make no likeness of anything in the heavens, on the earth, or in the water, and they were not to bow down to them or serve them. After this, the text therefore repeats, because I am Jehovah your God, meaning that the Lord must be present in all of it without exception. It's computer code. It's got this tag up on the top. I am the Lord your God. And then all this stuff. And then what what does it repeat here? Excuse me. Pardon me. It says, because I'm Jehovah your God. I am the Lord your God. Because I am Jehovah your God. This is the loop. This is some kind of this is some kind of closing statement for this. Why does it need to why are you being redundant? God, otherwise, I'm the Lord your God. Because I'm the Lord your God. These affect these commands in the middle. How is that not hilariously interesting? Meaning the Lord must be present in all of it without exception. So in all these things that we're doing. God has to be present in all of it. Let's see if we can't just get a little insight into what that means. I must also say a little bit about truth from other sources than the Lord. Mm. In general, it is truth that does not have the Lord in it. Okay. There we go. So truth can be true. So you can say there's only one thing that's true. This is some fact about life. I'm not even going to give an example because I'm not sure what kind of category of example we're talking about here. But something that's true, though, it can exist as a shell or it can have the Lord inside of it. And when it has the Lord inside of it, it allows God to reign in our life. And when it doesn't, it destroys God's ability to reign in our life. Okay, let's read more. Of course, we're going to read more. Okay. The Lord is absent from truth we possess when we deny him and his divinity. Okay? So that's one condition. So when we don't acknowledge that the Lord exists and that the Lord is divine, 
that removes the Lord from truth, which I guess could make some sense because if that's the fundamental truth that God is and that God is the the all in all or whatever, you know, we're going to unpack what divinity means. But if you don't have that, everything else is not built on the proper foundation. Eventually you go back in your chain of reasonings and it falls apart because even though you might have something right in front of you accurate, you don't understand why it is fundamentally because God is through a million steps why it is. Okay. That's all right. I think we're going to get to one that I love even more here. He is also absent when we acknowledge him, but believe that goodness and truth come from us rather than from him. And when we therefore claim righteousness for ourselves. Well, that wasn't the one I was thinking of, but I like that one. Okay, so you can have, in that earlier, when we were saying all this stuff, love, mercy, peace, and goodness, that's all so great. And you can have that in your life here. You can have some love, you can have some mercy, you can have some peace, you can have some kindness. But if you don't acknowledge that those things are actually God's in us, that God is permanently loaning those to us, what does it do? You still can do some good things, right? You still can, from that peace, you can feel a bit of happiness. You can, you know, express some things. You can do some good in the world. But what it doesn't allow is for God to rule in our lives. It doesn't allow for God to run this show. Because you think, well, I'm, I'm doing this, okay. And so you get on these little stretches where things are going all right, but you're building up this belief that it's me that's running this and I'm the solution to my problems. Well, when you have that belief, when the storms come, they can grab right onto that. They can also easily curve this stuff they can, they can pull the floor out from under it, and suddenly you lose your peace, right? But also they can pervert it so that it turns into selfishness. That it, look, at, look at me, I'm so loving. Uh, I'm going to use that to get what I want, manipulate people. I am going to start to think of myself as better because of my ability to express kindness to people. Whatever it is, it doesn't solve this mess. If we have this stuff, but don't understand, if we're not following, we have this stuff in here, but it's not following, I am the Lord your God. The program doesn't work. You can do it. You're not going to get punished for it, but the program doesn't work. All right. Truth from the Lord, which is absent. Truth, oh, so truth from which the Lord is absent also includes truth we take from the word, especially from its literal meaning and interpret as justifying us and controlling others and amassing wealth. This is, I think this is the one I like. So Swedenborg is talking about the word. So this is even stuff from the Bible. This could even well be the very Ten Commandments we're talking about. And to say, you know, if you even to say like, love the Lord your God, we've got this commandment, have no other gods. Why don't we even do the one we're talking about? You know, no other gods before the Lord's face. You can have that. Let's say this is that commandment. You can have that and use that to control others and amass wealth. In fact, you could probably name a couple of churches that have done that very thing to say, look, what you have to do is is love God and follow God. And by the way, I'm the mouth of God. And as such, I can say things like you need to give money to this and then God will do you favors. And I can bend that and twist that, or I can use it as a platform from which to enact what I believe how I believe people should act and be and think just like me, and I'm going to use that to control people and gain power and influence. And 
doesn't matter how true it is. The Lord's not in it. Love, peace, kindness, mercy, those things are not in it. And so it's the truth that's not from the Lord. Are you not entertained? So, to me, of course, this is like everything clicks. Because it comes from the word, such truth in itself is true. But because we twist it by misinterpretation, it's not true. And you know why that's so much of a bummer? Because it, what it makes is people throw out the truth. They, they get rid of the truth. Because when they see you using it to manipulate and just justify your evil desires, which are controlling others and amassing wealth, these are the heart of these evil desires if those things are done for reasons of selfishness. And they see you holding this truth from God in your hand and using it to justify that. You know what they do? They say, well, I don't, I'm leaving religion and I don't care about that truth anyway. That's not true. It's false. And you rob them of the chance to have that truth be real for them and for the Lord to fill that in their life. You, you deprive the Lord of the ability to run their life because you've got it, you've given them a truth allergy. This is the kind of thing the Lord means by the following words in Matthew. If anyone says, look, here's the Christ, or there, do not believe it, because false Christs and false prophets will arise and do great signs and importance to lead even the chosen, if possible, into error. And we'll get people quoting that at us here on Off the Left Eye. In the, in the comment section, you can go see it, because they say, look, this is false. This is false teaching because it doesn't accord with the, the whatever doctrine that Luther set out or whoever they, they think is just, this is what the Bible says, but it's actually filtered down through all these people through time. What Swedenborg is saying here is that that's not saying, oh, somebody might have the wrong doctrinal idea. It's that people are going to have all this stuff they finagled out of the Bible, and it's not going to have the Lord in it. It's not going to have love, peace, mercy, Love, peace, mercy, goodness. And like, oh yeah, goodness. Goodness is like, hey, how, you forgot goodness? And goodness, it doesn't have that in it. So that's a fault. If you get something wrong about the facts of how metaphysics works and how God works, that doesn't make you a false prophet. A false prophet is using the truth to justify things that are not the Lord. And in Luke, see to it that you do not led astray, because many will come in my name, saying, I am he, the time is at hand, so do not walk after them. Come in my name, the name of the Lord is those qualities. That's so good. Truth that is from the Lord is true in its inner form, reaching all the way back to the Lord. That's that sequence I was talking about. You can have your fact, sure, but it's, you don't actually have a chain back to reality. Your theory is incomplete. Truth that is not from the Lord appears true only in its outer form, not in its inner form. On the inside, it's either empty or false or evil. Could be any one of those, but it isn't what allows God to run your life. It is, if it is true, it must have life in it. Did I am the way, the truth, and the life. If it's true, it's got to have God in it. Truth devoid of life is not such truth as composes the faith we possess, and life is imparted only by goodness. Truth devoid of life is not such truth as composes the faith we possess, got it, and life is imparted only by goodness, or rather, by the Lord through goodness. If the Lord is not within the truth, then truth is lifeless and therefore not true. Because you, you can get it, right? If you, okay, you can say, I'm not going to stretch for an example. You can say something that, well, you know how it is. Isn't it infuriating that you get bullies and things will 
be able to say, well, th well, it's true. Sorry I said that mean thing to you, but it's true. It's not true. Because you're using it to profane the Lord. I mean, you're using it to do the exact opposite of Jesus. You're using the, well, it's just the truth. Hey, you look, you look funny. That's just true. Sorry, it's true. You are using that truth to go directly against God, who is the life in any truth. So it's not true. It's not true. It's, it's looks true because you've got the outermost part. Maybe I do look funny. <laughs> Leave a comment. But your assumptions with that are, are untrue, right? Everything that goes with that, that it's okay because somebody looks funny, it's okay to make fun of them. Because, and, and really, what is funny, except in the eye of the beholder, and there are so many, you, you get it, there are so many subsidiary things. That is not actually true. It doesn't have life in it. It's been a falsified truth. If, on the other hand, it contains falsity or it contains evil, the truth is actually false or evil in us. What lies inside it makes up its essential nature and in the other world shines right through its surface. And you know, any, any wild interpretation of life that causes harm has some truth usually in it. People grab onto something, twist that, say it means something it doesn't, add this stuff, in it, but it always starts with something we can agree on because that's how you hook people. This discussion shows, now shows how to understand no thinking about truth that comes from anywhere but the Lord. Few know much about truth in its inner, that in its inner form is true and therefore has life from the Lord. So I'll say something about it from experience. A little bit of a bonus here. Whenever anyone in the next world talks, oh yeah, how does this express itself in the spiritual world? Because here we have to theorize about this stuff and we can't really see it. But there, the stuff that goes on in the heart and mind, truth and goodness, are substance and form. So you, this is like physics there. Whenever anyone in the, in the next world talks, the others perceive clearly what lies buried in the words. Wouldn't that be nice? Say whether closed or open-mindedness is there. Others can also tell what kind of feeling underlies the words, more than we can just now by tone of voice. Or if the feeling is a desire for what is good, there is an inner softness. And if it's a desire for what is evil, there is an inner hardness and so on. When angels in heaven speak, every word they say lies open all the way to the Lord. This is why it's like so moving when people have experiences with angels. Angels just says, we'll just, go, go Google people's angel experiences. Angels will just often say like one or two things, one or two words, but each of those words is open all the way to the Lord. How would you like that if what came out of your mouth was this channel all the way back to God? How many how many people's days could you make with that? This fact is not only perceived clearly, but also heard in the underlying softness and its quality. Here, too, is an indication of what lies hidden within truth, an answer to the question of whether the Lord is there or not. Truth that has the Lord within it, within is truth that has life, but truth that does not have the Lord within is truth that lacks life. Living truth is the truth making up a faith that comes out of love for the Lord and charity for one's neighbor— so sure, it can be religious truth, but it's got to be loving the human race and loving what God loves, which is serving the human race. Non-living truth is not true because it harbors self-love and materialism. There's a succinct definition. How do you know if something that has this shell of truth is not true? It harbors self-love and materialism, and those are ultimately these false gods. 
that you go after. From this, it is possible to tell individual spirits and angels apart in the next world. The truth they each possess matches their life, or in other words, matches whatever reigns supreme in their life. So, if we don't destroy God's ability to reign, how do we do that? We try to get it so that the truths we have are true. So all that means is when something's in your mind that you feel like you're living by and is true, does it have love in it? Does it have mercy in it? Does it have peace in it? Does it have kindness or goodness? I wrote kindness there, but does it have goodness in it? And if, you, if we can work to make everything that we live our life by, and this is cool, have those things in it, then we are giving God executive access to our minds. And from there, God wants nothing more than to solve all the problems that you're trying to solve and, and give you those states of love, mercy, peace, and goodness, which is awesome. It's just great news. It's almost like news from heaven. Bing! And that's our show for today. Thank you, everyone. So fun to talk through this with you. Support us if you don't mind. Offtheleftout.com slash donate. That's how this kind of stuff happens. Take this idea out into your life. Use it. Let me know how it goes. How are you opening your truths all the way up to heaven? Can't wait to uh, get to hear those words uh, out of your mouth. Thank you for hanging. <laughs>